Hey y'all, it's your homie, Black Fluid Poet, coming to you live from my humble abode of books during this pandemic paradise, where even though it's allegedly over, this quarantine still ain't cute, because I'm about as self-quarantined as I can be right now. Um, I hope you're doing well. I, I have some stuff to report about me, about my life, about my realizations. And one of them is that my depression is slick, like real slick. And I've noticed how my depression has been feeding off of social media. Like I have hyper-focused in on everything negative from police brutality to, you know, the, the insurrection and, and its after effects. Uh, for some reason, I've been so focused on Joe Manchin and the piece of shit that he is. Um, and then, and then to top it off, don't you know as soon as someone said, you know what time of year it is? It's cuffing season. Man, don't you know every speck of loneliness in my fiber just exploded. Like, in my chemical makeup, any iota of loneliness I had just united, gathered together, and overtook my body. And I found myself sleeping for days. Um, feeling this emptiness because I think I should be in a relationship right now. And isn't that like, ooh, oh, I hate how peer pressure works. Like, I am 51 years old and peer pressure still affects me and a lot of people are not willing to tell that truth i don't even want to tell that truth but here i am 51 with all of my elaborate iq i find myself caving to peer pressure like i'm such a loser because i'm single during cuffing season Ugh. so my depression has had me in the bed while the dishes piled up while the laundry piled up while the floors got filthier. Um, and the more mess that accumulated in my house from me doing very little to stop it, the more I became self-loathing for allowing it to do so. How about that? I mean, bad enough that I'm, I'm, there's this lack of self-love because I'm not living up to expectations that I think society has for me and that I should hence have for myself. But then I'm going to beat myself up for beating myself up and not taking care of things. I mean, any excuse to hate myself, I run with it. You know what I mean? After working so hard on this healing journey to come to a better place, that's where I found myself. And I'll tell you, a lot of this started for me, this, this recent episode of depression, with the Dave Chappelle special. And I didn't talk about it because I knew it was going to be a hot topic and trending and everybody was going to have something, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, something unique to say, something humorous, something witty. There's going to be a bunch of witty banter about it. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to do that. But I'll tell you the one thing about his entire performance 
that bothered me. Now, I didn't watch it from beginning to end. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't give him the rating. I wouldn't give him the percentage. But I'll tell you what bothered me, and I saw it in a lot of the clips. When Dave Chappelle stood there, center stage, in front of that crowd, and said something as arrogant, as misinformed, as ignorant as gender is a fact. No joke, no laughter. It was his, you know, what he wanted to stand on. That was his principle. Gender is a fact. And how he guesses that he's a turf, <laughs> a turf feminist, as if. But, you know, that's what hurt. It wasn't the jokes. It was, you know, he, Dave Chappelle talks about how he stopped doing his comedy special because he didn't like the way white people were laughing at a lot of the jokes about black people. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the exact same thing you did to the queer community. You took a bunch of homophobic and transphobic people and gave them permission to laugh at our expense. And that's what hurt. That's what hurt. Because, I mean, you could have Googled gender and known that gender is not a fact. There's, There's countless tomes of information on this subject. People studying it in universities. And here you are, you know, America's favorite comedian, just stand up there and pontificate some bullshit like gender is a fact. And it cut me deep. Because he is influential. And because people do listen to him. And then, you know, when, when, when someone from the queer community feels a certain sense of resentment or feels offended, someone turns around and says, it's just jokes. And there's a theory called uh, the birdcage theory. And it talks about uh, oppression. And <clears throat> I wish I could remember this woman's name right now. I apologize. She's a black feminist who, who brought up this. You can Google it. Um, but it talks about oppression being a birdcage. But every single thin bar of the birdcage represents a different aspect of oppression. And some of those bars are humor. You know, when the United States, using the comics and and all the newspapers, used to make fun of, you know, people of the Philippines, um, you know, the Japanese during World War II, um, you know, even, uh, you know, of course, back in the day, a a lot of African-Americans, but some Jews and, I mean, over and over again, they used comics to lighten um, the severity of the situation and to rob the humanity of the people they targeted. And that's what I feel like Chappelle did. Not the jokes so much. Some of the jokes were just awful. But when he said gender is a fact, he robbed the narrative of every queer person within earshot of his statement. And that's what hurt. The dehumanizing aspect of it all. Dave, man, that shit. I was was like, 
more than disappointed. And he says, you know, this is for the First Amendment and, and other, you know, other well-known comedians. Uh, one of the Wayans brothers was like, I feel like he freed us up. Because the queer community is an easy target for a, for a fast joke. And the queer community not standing for it, well, that just makes it no fun. I felt like Dave Chappelle calling this uh, a war between him and media, between him and his First Amendment rights, I felt like he sounded just like your run-of-the-mill, stereotypical, all-American apple pie Karen, who's like, well, how come, how come I can't say it? They say it. How come I can't say it? It's my First Amendment right. I should be able to say what I want. And yeah, you can say what you want, and you can call it cancel culture if you want to, but the truth is, you say what you want, and we get to react the way that we want to. That's how this works. This whole thing about cancel culture, that shit ain't new. It's just that more people are involved with walking away from certain individuals because now with social media, a lot more people are aware of the goings-on around them. You know, in the 70s and 80s, we didn't always know what was happening around us. We didn't know what comedians were saying in San Francisco if you were living in New York City. You know what I mean? We, social media wasn't out. But now everybody gets to find out the shit you've said or the things you've done, and we get to make a decision on whether or not we want to support you. That's not cancel culture. That's life. That's society. And if anybody has been a victim of so-called cancel culture, it's been the queer community. Hell, we only started getting real recognition in the 90s. You know, in the 80s, everybody just watched queer people die. They just watched them die of AIDS. No treatment, no sympathy, no prayers, no nothing. It wasn't finally until the 90s that queer people began to stand united and things started to change. And if anybody is a part of the cancel culture, it's Dave Chappelle. Because that's exactly what he did. He canceled the queer community. He said, you're not human. Gender is a fact. Quit crying. Go away. I feel better now having gotten that out because that's been on my mind for at least a month now, right? And I haven't been able to get any work done with school and I haven't been able to, I, I just haven't been able to function, man, because it's like these things are happening around me and you know how sometimes people say, well, just keep the focus on yourself, you know, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I feel like everybody's saying, just ignore it. Just pretend it's not happening. Just forget it. And I can't. That's not how I work. Maybe you work that way, but I don't. I have to be able to be vocal about the things that are bothering me. And I have to find a constructive way to do it because what I've noticed is that on social media especially, you know, you can get on YouTube or TikTok and just say any old thing you know, get it all off your chest because, you know, a lot of us are keyboard warriors these days. We say a lot of things to people over the internet that we wouldn't dare say to their face. And I try to keep that in mind. You know, I try to make sure, I try to the best of my ability to make sure the things that I say on the internet are the same things I'd say to your face. Which is why I 
don't get very cruel, which is why I don't, you know, start talking about people's mamas, <laughs> you know, even though I want to, even though I want to, I don't do it. Because I know that in person, I'm not a violent man. I, I don't choose to fight. Um, so I try to keep things civil as to the best of my ability, you know, to the best of my ability. Sometimes I go off, but I know in my heart, I would go off just the same in person. I miss me. I found myself drowning in all these issues going on around me that I began to miss me. My whole life became focused on the most negative aspects of the world right now. And it's easy to do, you know, with me trying to be a full-time writer, spending a lot of time alone, you know, um, failing at cuffing season. <laughs> and I, I have to remind myself that I have a choice on what I focus on. And the options aren't hyper-focus on all the negative aspects of the world or completely ignore it. There are other options in there as well. It's not an either-or. There's, there's C, D, E, F. And what I can do is learn about some of these negative aspects happening around the world that are hurting me, speak on it, and then let it go. Because I don't have enough power to change everything I don't like about the world. I just don't have it. One of my biggest focuses has been working on my own misogyny. And that's an ongoing process. I'm, I'm not cured. You know, I, I still have my horrible, horrible moments of it. And I catch myself. That's the difference. I catch myself now to whereas a couple of years ago, I would have never have caught it. And I can, you know, hyper-focus on men on, let's say, TikTok, for example. Perfect example, there was a, a young man who said something like, you know, women say no, but they don't mean it. I could have made that my focus for a whole week, for a whole month. But what I did was I addressed it. You know, I, I, I responded to his video. And then I did what I could to make the world a better place, which means focus on the times that I used to think that way. Remind other people that that's not acceptable that it never was acceptable, and that it never will be acceptable. And then move forward with my life, hoping that someday this young man will see things differently. And that's it. But when I'm caught up in my depression, that would have been my focus for days. You know, I'd have crawled in bed and stayed there. Not eaten, not cleaned. You know, and say something like, I'm just so tired of this world. I'm tired of men. I'm tired of this belief. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And if you say that enough, guess what? You're tired. You're exhausted. And you quit. You quit everything. I, I find myself backed up in deadlines for grad school. I let my house fall apart. Because my ego doesn't want the world to be the way it is. And my spirit has to practice radical acceptance 
in allowing the world to be what it is because the truth is it doesn't need my permission. I, however, do need to live here and I need to find a way to navigate all the negativity happening around me without allowing it to destroy my insides. You know, there's plenty of emptiness in the world, but the place where there never needs to be emptiness is inside my own chest. I have to avoid getting a void. I have to keep that full. I have to keep my spirit healthy. So I do what I can and leave the rest. I think that's where I needed to leave it today. Um, I hope y'all are doing well. I hope you're, uh, I hope you're loving yourselves. I'm getting back to loving myself today. I might even do some meditation today, but, uh, y'all be good and keep in touch. Oh, and please, if you can consider supporting, uh, my Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash black fluid poet. Um, it's as little as $4.99 a month and, uh, that's my rent money. So it's dwindled down because I haven't been on there as much as I should be. And that's my own fault. I have nobody to blame but myself. But I need to get those numbers back up so I can afford to pay my bills. And uh, I'll keep posting between now and then. And also you can support me here uh, at anchor.fm slash blackfluidpoet for as little as 99 cents a month. Or more if you choose. So um, with that, I hope you have a good day. Love yourselves, y'all. Peace.